I'm Alice and we are nearly at the end of season one of Reduce, Reuse, Reblog. Previously, we have spoken about the zero waste movement as a whole. We've chatted to individuals, influencers and organisations, all of which you can listen back to now if you have missed. Today, in episode five of the series, we are looking at how zero waste companies are utilising social media to tell people about sustainable products. It will include an interview with the founder of Nature's Intention, a zero-waste shop in Bromsgrove near Birmingham. In the Reduce, Reuse, Reblog podcast survey, I found out that 77% of participants had previously purchased something from a sustainable company. Last episode and on social media, I asked you what your best sustainable purchases were. Stephanie got in touch and said that she can't pick one favourite, but she loves the Simplicity Tea Infuser, as it has halved her tea bag use, which is awesome. And also another game changer for her was the Moddy Body Period Underwear. Alison got in touch and said that she loves using milk and more to get deliveries of milk in glass bottles. She also loves Bam's bamboo socks. Josh said he loves his Husky coffee travel mug. Similarly, Simran also loves her collapsible travel mug and also her chilly water bottle. Sarah also said she loves her chilly water bottles. Are we seeing a trend yet? And Sarah also said she loves using her face halo, which allows you to remove makeup using only water, which is a great alternative to cotton pads and reduces the amount of face products you have to buy, which is great. Didi, who runs Sustainable Deeds on Instagram, said that she loves her Colleen Canteen stainless steel water bottle and that it goes everywhere with her. Mine does too, Didi. And Natasha also loves her Kauza water bottle. Lastly, Diego said he loved his shampoo bar. It lasted for a long time and smelled really good and he said his hair is definitely missing it now. Thank you so much to everyone who responded. From these recommendations, I would say if you haven't got yourself a metal reusable water bottle, that would be a great zero waste purchase to get you started, as it seems everyone loves theirs. In the past few years, there has been a growth in the number of zero waste shops in the UK, which sell many items such as the reusable products you all mentioned and said that you love, in the hopes of making living zero waste more accessible to everyone. Now, our guest for today is Emily Atwell, the founder of Nature's Intention, a zero-waste store based in Bromsgrove. Hi, Emily, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So, firstly, how did it all start? How did you decide to go zero-waste? So, it actually all started, I was working for my dad, but I was doing company database uploads, so I was going through all the different companies that they'd worked with. So it was about, you know, 4,000 companies. And I was just updating their contact details and seeing if they were still active. I mean, this took me about six months. And within, <laughs> towards the end of it, I kind of realized that all these different companies were either meat, dairy, everything was in plastic, it was all abroad. And it kind of just, it made something click in my head that actually this wasn't sustainable. So I started doing some research and I started looking into recycling and there was a an article that actually thinking back to it, it 
I think that's what changed my whole perspective on the way that we shop. It was basically saying about how plastic can only be recycled a maximum of five times before it's then no longer recyclable. Mm-hmm. And same with paper. Paper's like five or six times. So it just kind of, it threw my mind off. And then I looked into meat and dairy production and, and realized actually that wasn't as sustainable as I believed it to be. So within, I think it was within a few days, I went vegan. I decided I wasn't going to buy anything in plastic again. And then because of finding it so hard to find somewhere that was plastic free nearby, I uh, stumbled across Earth Food Love. And they have a create your own section on their website. So I basically just thought, okay, yeah, well, I can do that. I was going to go traveling, but I'll spend all the money that (laughs) I saved up on a shop instead. So how did you go around educating yourself? You said, you know, there's certain articles that sparked it, but, you know, zero waste. I only personally found out a few years ago about it. Like there isn't tons and when I was first looking it was already American focused did you find that how did you learn about it yeah I found it really hard to understand it all I mean I I lost a lot of weight when I first (laughs) when I first became zero waste because I couldn't eat anything (laughs) and there was nothing really to tell us you know it was mainly just kind of looking at products online through spark and um ebay or or what, what other online sites you know trying to find things second hand trying to find shampoo bars but you know it's it's all developed for quite a lot over the past couple couple years because this was about two 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 and a half years ago that i started mm. so you know it's it's yeah it's taken a while it's taken to this point for me to feel like actually maybe i'm almost there okay you know, on my journey but it's you know it takes it takes quite a while yeah so as part of this podcast I did a little survey to kind of get some people's feelings on their assumptions about people who live zero waste and there were two main like trends that came up when people thought of someone who is living zero waste one was okay. that they are hippies who are always vegan and the other is that they are financially well off and have tons of free time have you ever experienced these assumptions or do people make assumptions about you when they hear your zero waste? <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> the hippie ones made me laugh a little bit because you know what? Because when I first started to tell people that I was going to open a zero waste shop, my friends, well, a few of my friends literally laughed in my face because they were like, you, you're going to turn all hippie now. And I was like, <laughs> well, well, no, not quite. I mean, wanting to save the planet and live in a sustainable clean world I don't think that's hippie I think that's sensible (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and another thing of having free time that's mainly why I opened up a shop because having the free time to make your own products and do all this research I mean it took me you know about six six to eight months to open the shop and then since then I'm, I'm still the shop's still not got all the products that I want it to have in, and it's really hard to find these things. So mm. I think that you do need to have time, but that's why these zero-waste shops are popping up all over the country mm. to kind of make it more accessible because we do live in a time that is convenient, um, you know. So, And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You can do, like, I think my cleaning routine consists of bicarb soda and white vinegar at home. So realistically, I'm probably saving money. <laughs> from not buying not not buying into this you know consumerism from from companies trying to sell their products that you need this cleaner for the toilet this cleaner for size this cleaner for kitchen you know you can use 
like you know one thing for most things if that makes sense mm, definitely but yeah I think that Sorry, I'm still laughing about the hippie thing. <laughs> it was quite like a common response. I was quite surprised about it. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I bet, you know what? I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I think hippie is quite a beautiful thing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, have a very nice way of life. <laughs> yeah, it is. So whilst you were on your journey, you were finding out more about zero waste, you are finding out about sustainability, you were looking in opening your shop. Did social media at all like play a role in either learning process or finding things out yes definitely I think social media played a massive part in um I mean it still does I try to stay away from it really because it does influence your opinions and everything but you know I followed a lot of um hashtags to do with sustainability zero waste shops um that kind of thing but yeah, I think it's just really interesting when you look at a post about something, but you can't rely on it because I've seen a lot of posts stating so-called facts and then you go and research them. That's the important thing to do is go and research them after you've seen them because I've fallen victim to <laughs> believing something that I've read and actually when I've gone to tell someone else about it, I've actually realised that, mm, actually, no, that's not true. Mm. So. I think the best thing to do is to actually research them yourself because I think social media is a little bit key at best. Mm. <laughs> my, my business page is purely just suppliers and people contact. So actually a lot of, lot of suppliers that we've got in the shop have actually come through Instagram because they've contacted mm. me on there, which is actually really cool. That is cool. Do you find that because you run a zero waste shop that a lot of customers who come in kind of come to you for advice and opinions because they're not quite sure themselves yeah yeah we do get a lot of people come in and we just end up having um really cool conversations actually but a lot of people we said this because there's three of us that work in in our shop and when people come in it's a constant learning curve for them and for us and it's really quite it's really quite lovely because there's a lot of things that we don't know that the customers know because they've been doing it for a lot longer than we have because, you know, it's been around for a lot longer than these zero-waste shops have been popping mm. up. As much as information as I give out to customers, I think they bring to us as well. I think that's really lovely. Yeah, it's, lo- it's so nice. I love my <laughs> job. <laughs> so you opened up your shop. What was kind of the response when the shop opened? Were people in Bromsgrove excited about it and ready for it? Or were they a little bit sceptical and unsure? We had very few skeptics come in. And when they did, it was, it was you know, I think, I think in total we probably only had about four or five come in that have kind of slated the shop. Mm. Um, but majority of people were just so excited that we'd opened in Bromsgrove. They were like, we never thought Bromsgrove was going to get one before, <laughs> you know, the bigger places. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of come from, well, I'm from Redditch, so it kind of made sense. Mm. But it, it took a while for it to pick up. I mean, about, probably about six months, but then all these programs came out, you know, drowning in plastic and all these different eye-opening documentaries but even so we still had our regular customer base which we still have now we just get new people in quite a lot more but everyone's really happy yeah that's wonderful and how are you using social media to kind of help promote your store or raise awareness about the shop i think we share a lot of articles to the Facebook page, we don't really do much advertising of our products. My mum complains about it because she says you need to advertise, you need to market. But I see it as a platform for information rather than 
you know, to sell products because I don't want to encourage consumerism. I don't want to encourage overbuying things and people to buy things that they don't necessarily need. Mm. So I think I'm constantly in a battle with that. But yeah, it's a really good platform for giving information and people seem to like the information and articles better than the product posts. So mm. <laughs> I think that's something that's really it's really good for. Yeah, definitely. I personally agree. Like being able to go somewhere that you feel is a safe source of like information is actually really important because it's so confusing out there when you're using social media of like, oh, yeah. is this definitely true? Is this factual? Where does this come from? And then yeah. <laughs> it's nice that people yeah, can rely on you. Post, yeah, we post the links to articles and everything, can actually post the articles themselves. Because otherwise you just don't know. You just believe in whatever you're reading. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wonderful. What has been your biggest achievement since opening the store or since you've gone zero waste? Oh, oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, biggest achievement. I think the biggest achievement is keeping the shop running, to be honest. I found it really challenging because I'm definitely not business-minded. And I, I just thought that it needed to be done. I think running the shop on my own was probably the, the silliest thing that I did. <laughs> yeah, I think just keeping the shop running and keeping my mental health <laughs> at a stable um, level. Because mm. it's, uh, it's quite hard being around, uh, you know, it is quite a negative subject, climate change and the way that, what, the way that we're treating the earth. I think trying to keep your head above water between running a business giving information taking information mm. it can be a bit of a strain on you know your, your mental health because I think eco-anxiety is it's a real thing because I as soon as I turned zero waste and vegan and decided to open a shop I went to the doctors and I said I can't see it getting better there's nothing that I can do there's nothing you can do so I don't really know what the what the, um, what the next step was so, you know, it was just all because I saw what we were doing to the environment. And I think that was probably the hardest, the hardest point was the actual start point, actually, was mm-hmm. actually deciding to do it because it just opened up this whole kind of worms. And it was just kind of like, oh, we're doing this to the environment. We can't do this. I'm only one person. But I think my attitude's changed quite a lot now because I think that if you have 7 billion people who say, yes, I can change my habit and I will stop using straws, that's 7 billion people not using straws. So... It's, yeah, it was hard at the beginning, but now it's, you know, I think those same challenges aren't so difficult. Mm, that's really good. And eco-anxiety is something that's, like, becoming much more spoken about. I originally saw it because a sustainable influencer did, like, a little video series of, like, her experience. And before that, I had never considered it. So then when I looked yeah, into it, I was like, wow, quite... this is a huge issue. Yeah, it is. And it's really common amongst kids as well. Mm. My brother's girlfriend, she's a she's a teacher, and she said, "Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite common amongst kids now," and I couldn't believe that. Overall, do you think that social media is a good way to promote movements such as zero waste? I think that it's a good platform for it. I don't. I think that it's not the best way to to promote zero waste, but it's a way to spread awareness about it but I think once it's reached that awareness I think um I don't know I've had a love-hate relationship with social media social media is a wonderful tool if you use it right actually for zero waste I follow a lot of people 
and I've learned a lot and you get loads of like recipes for cooking and yeah I think overall it is a really good thing but I think to use it with caution mm-hmm. <laughs> not to get not to get caught up and get caught down no, a wormhole or you know because you can be on there for hours and hours yeah I don't know I think it's just down to each individual person to make sure that they're using it correctly mm. What kind of caused your love-hate relationship with social media? I think it's because I was reading a lot of negative posts about the environment and there's a lot of negative posts about veganism and there was a lot of, you know, I scrolled down to the comments section. I think that's the worst thing you can do is go (laughs) to the comments section because there's always someone who is looking for a reaction or doesn't agree but doesn't do it in the right way. Seeing all these posts, it, it got me too passionate about what I was doing so I've had to unfollow a lot of vegan groups because I felt like it was changing my personality towards my family because they're not vegan Mm. um they're not zero waste (laughs) and it's kind of hard to live with them and I actually had this conversation with my mum yesterday because it's draining on her for me to go on about things and it's draining for me to go on about things Mm. so I need to limit how much I'm reading about veganism and zero waste because it really makes me very, very, very passionate. Mm. And I think there is something that's too passionate about something. <laughs> because you can really get on, on your loved one's nerves, as I found out. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I think that's that's all it is. It's just reading into things too much and believing everything that you read. And yeah, I think that's kind of where it all stemmed from, was just being on social media far too much. That's completely understandable because when you're online and you're just completely surrounded by people who are all having very similar thoughts and feelings when you're then in your real life and no one around you has those same feelings, you can feel a bit like out of it and you're like, oh, why don't you understand it? Why don't you just get what the problem is? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's really hard to be around it. But, you know, that you've just got to realise, actually, they're all trying. They're all really trying. And I really appreciate it. But when you so passionate about something and I was trying to explain this yesterday I was just like it's really really hard to like not say anything (laughs) (laughs) you know how to approach things because I know how to approach people in in the shop I know that you can't force your views on someone Mm. Um, so it's you've got to do it in the right way in order for them to want to do something and I know that but it's hard when you've got your family because they've got to live with you no matter what so yeah Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with me, Emily. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. If you are interested in Emily's store, Nature's Intention, you can find out more at www.natures-intention.co.uk. In that interview, we briefly mentioned issues around eco-anxiety. Anxiety disorders are common in the UK, with more than 1 in 10 British adults likely to experience a disabling anxiety disorder during their lifetime. However, eco-anxiety is more of a specific type of anxiety, which is based upon a chronic fear of environmental doom. There are currently no statistics available on the prevalence of eco-anxiety, but psychologists have started exploring this issue more and have noted an increase in public anxiety around climate change, 
For more information on eco-anxiety, head over to www.reducereusereblog.com and there'll be linked articles on the topic under episode 5. It was so interesting to hear how zero waste companies are using social media to help promote their work and to encourage us to make more positive environmental choices in our everyday lives. In the Reduce, Reuse, Reblog podcast survey, I found out that most of the participants see social media content, such as advertising for zero waste products, regularly. 22% of participants see these adverts multiple times a day, 17% seeing them at least once per day, and 25% of people see such content every few days. I must say that I am one of those people who definitely see sustainable products advertised to me every single day. This makes social media a great place for a smaller zero waste company to try and reach out to people who may be interested in their products. These days, more and more major corporations are starting to create sustainable versions of their products. We've seen Waitrose Unpackaged, bringing out a plastic-free supermarket. Also, Colgate has produced bamboo toothbrushes and toothpaste in recyclable packaging. However, it is interesting to explore whether this really is a good thing. In the Reduce, Reuse, Reblog podcast survey, I asked what people's thoughts were on this. Overall, there was a lot of positive responses, with people saying that large companies can make a big impact and that they support changes they have been making and think that these initiatives are great because the changes to being more environmentally friendly need to come from the powerful people first. However, many people also stated that big companies becoming more eco-friendly really needed to happen sooner and that overall more still needs to be done. Not everyone was as positive. In episode 3, I spoke about the issues around misleading information that can possibly occur due to the people posting it not having sufficient knowledge and these fears of misinformation and mistrust also came across in the responses to major companies going green. Some people were suspicious that it is more of a marketing strategy than a real commitment to the environment and felt that companies were not actually doing enough and just jumping on the bandwagon. Many people mentioned that they were worried about companies greenwashing. This is when companies convey a false impression or provide misleading information about their products being more environmentally friendly than they really are. Specific good examples that people gave of major companies going green included Eon Energy, switching to 100% renewable for all household customers in 2019. This is an example of a company leading the way, but in a not so obvious way. Another example given was how Flora have completely stopped using dairy in all their product lines, switching to plant-based alternatives. By contrast, Burger King offers a plant-based burger, but they're cooked on the same griddles as meat burgers, which made people think that their gesture was less environmental and more of a PR stunt. Some people also raise fears that when companies try and become more eco-friendly, this may increase the price of products. An example shared 
was how a plastic bag for life was originally 10p but is now 30p and commented that Morrison's had reintroduced their paper carrier bags but the charges for these were 20p and they only were holding half the amount of a standard carrier bag. This shows the different opinions people have about major companies trying to become more zero waste and eco-friendly. While it may be unclear what the reasons lie behind why companies are making these changes, it can only be hoped that in some way they are having a positive environmental impact and encouraging other major companies to make similar changes. However, there are many companies, such as Nature's Intention, whose priority is to create zero waste and therefore are a good option for sustainable shopping. In the next and final episode of season one, we are going to be discussing the issue of electronic waste, known as e-waste. This is important because using social media to promote the zero waste movement means we need devices to be able to post onto social media. However, our technologically advanced society could be having a much worse effect than we imagined. To get involved in the episode, let me know if you know what e-waste is and if you think that it is a problem. Find out more information about the series, this episode, or to see all the survey results, go to www.reducereusereblog.com. To get involved in the show and find out the latest updates, you can follow at reducereusereblog on Instagram.